welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. But he he is to be perfectly all the points of the star. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, like, can he perfectly be the star? <laughs> Edwin shaking his head. No, he cannot be. Uh, and, and when he he gets through the the perilous journey, when he makes it to Bertilak's castle, everyone is so excited. Yeah. Do you think there's a little bit facetious? Like, oh, now we get to learn some real courtly manners. Yeah, I think... I think they're all in on the joke. Yeah, well, we find out later they are. So I think it is poking fun of him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know it. No. And, I mean, I think I think they're just... And in a way, I think the Green Knight is happy to see that at the very least he came. Yeah, because right. that was the test. Like, I think they are genuinely happy. It's like, wow, you made it this far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the testing actually... You know, as much as it's easy to be hard on Gawain, he, he's had to fight to get here, right? But the thing is, is like, inter- like again, tying in religion and uh, the court that he cannot find the castle. He cannot find the Green Chapel. Like, mm-hmm. the, he, he stops at the castle because he's desperate to not die. Yes. Uh, but he's looking for the Green Chapel, which he hasn't found at this nope. point. Basically, all he's doing is meeting with other bad guys and having to kill them. Yeah, and just getting colder and colder because he's in his armor and it's mm-hmm. about to rust under the apple trees. Hey, I got two Wizard of Oz references in here so far. I'm doing good. But it's when he prays to Mary, right, and his plight yeah. of, like, I need salvation. Yeah. I need, like, yeah, I, I need, I need to be rescued out of this situation because I'm going to die. I wonder, too, like, he doesn't do that again. Does he? No, he does. He does? Before uh, meeting the, the Green Knight? The third temptation. Oh, with the third temptation. Yeah. Okay. Or, what does he say? Or does he no, say... Does he say there's something before? about Mary there in the third temptation. Yeah. That if Mary had not prayed for him. So yes. It's, so it's not that he... That he prayed, but that Mary prayed for yeah. him. Yeah. But what about right before going to the to the Green Knight? I think there is something there, too. Okay. So that is all all the way through, too. Mm-hmm. Is him praying or Mary praying. The, the people of the castle are super excited to see him and yeah. talk to him. And there's just like, there's just like these really wonderful little details, which, of course, becomes more important later on. Which makes the details so wonderful, but just how hideous the companion of Lady Bertilak is. Yeah. And how gorgeous she is. And it's kind of like, she's almost made more gorgeous because of how hideous her companion is. Yep. And then he's welcomed in and he's sandwiched in between the hideous and the gorgeous. Yeah. And he has to be polite equally to both. Yes. Where he really, really likes the pretty one. Yeah. So I, I, I like that's another test in itself. Yeah. Not not that it's really pulled out that way, but it could be, you could kind of tease it out that way. Where do you say that Gawain historically has uh, moral failings? <laughs> uh, that was at the beginning. Okay. Because we uh, we didn't really get into it, but basically there's some stories because because Lancelot gets centered like entered in. Right? Because yeah. he's the French want to have a hero. And, and of course, if the French are gonna have a hero, it's gonna be like, he's the best at everything all the time. Yeah. And he's kind of self-centered of like, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Uh actually the the, the lecture I was listening to said that a lot in the move or in the in the Broadway musical Camelot gets gets wrong, you know, historically with Arthur. But the song that they give Lancelot 
of his introduction of this character is say moi, say moi, say moi, which is it's me, it's me, it's me. <laughs> so he's saying like, who's the most wonderful knight in the world? It's me, it's me. Who's the most handsome person around? It's me. <laughs> Who is the wealthiest person here? It's me. <laughs> and so he's just singing about how good he is. And she said, that is so accurate. Matter the pain, he ought to be unwinsable. Impossible deed should be his daily fare. But where in the world is there in the world a man so extraordinary? C'est moi, c'est moi. I'm forced to admit, tis I, I humbly deply That mortal who these marvels can do C'est moi, c'est moi, tis I To Lancelot. <laughs> so, but the answer, the, the British answer to Lancelot is Gawain. That Gawain has kind of similar, like, when Lancelot's not in the story, Gawain's the best. Okay. So not in this book, but there's other stories where Gawain has uh, roguish qualities. I don't know yeah. how to say that. Dubious moral uprightness. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now he's in the castle. He is in the castle. He's and safe from the snow and the cold. They welcome in and they say, you stay as long as you want. Uh, he says, well, I, I really have to go soon because I have to find this green chap- chapel. And they say, well, don't worry about it. I know exactly where it is. It's only two miles away. Not a big deal. You would think... Alarm bells. That he would be, (laughs) one, noticing how big his post is. Yeah, but he's not as big as... The Green Knight? Because of magic. Okay. Because of Morgan's magic. Do you believe in magic? In a young girl's heart? How the music can free her whenever it starts and it's magic? And one, you would ask more questions about like, so he's he's not that far away. Like what? What does he do? What's his MO? Yeah, what's his MO? Have you ever met him? Like had him over for dinner? Does he just go around asking people to chop off his head? Have you ever chopped off his head before? How did that go for you? Like I'm a little nervous about this. Can you walk me through? Like your your neighbors? Yeah. But I think I mean that's his politeness though. Yeah. Like that's even like a thing in Arthur like um. I forget. Well, it depends what who's in, who's doing it. I think Percival typically does it, but with the Grail and the Fisher King, uh, is that this this king is sick, uh, and it, it changes from what, but uh, he's sick, and typically he has a wound in his thigh because okay. it has to do with the fertility of the land. Okay. So he has this wound that will not heal. The land is dying because the king is dying. And Percival, on his way to find the Grail, stops there. And all he has to do is ask, what is that thing you're using there? Which is the Grail. Like, they're showing it, passing it back. He's just kind of, like, looking at it. And all he has to say is something like, um, it depends on the story, but all he has to say is either something really normal of, like, oh, why are you ill? Or what is that cup there? He has to just say something really normal, but have, like, some interest. But he doesn't do it because he doesn't want to be rude. And then at the end of the meal, they're like, well, you blew it. That was the grail. You could have had it. You can't now. Now the king is dead. (laughs) Arthur's dead? No, the Fisher King. Oh. (laughs) So there's, there's more times where you're just like, well, just ask. You know, like, just be just, like, <clears throat> maybe just find like the secretary, the ki- like the Lord secretary and just like, hey, I don't want to actually bother the Lord, but I'm really confused. Do you have some reference books or something I can look at, you know, or just like get on the internet? Be too much trouble. I feel like that's, that's, that must be the continue, like the continuation of the, the overt British politeness. Maybe this is like the basis of it because yeah. it's like really bizarre things happen and they just don't ask. And then the host is like, 
I was being bizarre on purpose. Why didn't you ask? That was the whole game. And they're like, well, I didn't want to be rude. Sorry about that, governor. <laughs> Don't want to be rude, do we? So he doesn't ask. But anyways, he's welcomed in uh, with open arms. And the, mm-hmm. there's one condition, though. How true. Uh, yes. We'll find out how true that is. But there's a condition to him staying there. Do you want to explain the explain that? Well, it's not it's not just a condition, really. Do you think it's a condition on him staying there? Because it always, it came to me almost a little bit like it, it reflected the court of the round table a little bit. Like, okay, oh. the knights have these the, these games with each other. Okay, and the, their boastings about how how much they can bring in. And here, there, because what I have is 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 Gawain's civilization coming to this rustic mm-hmm. town. So it's like, well, how how can we make this more courtly? Well, we'll enter to, into a covenant oh. where your gain is my gain, and my gain shall be your gain. And I'm... who's ever at the best at getting for the other person wins. Yeah. And we'll not we'll we'll have we'll pass the time, and it's it's kind of like well. We'll be able to exonerate ourselves and and, mm-hmm. and have bold. I I think it's that a little bit well, that it courtly. Is, it co- is it is certainly a game. Yes, I really like that idea. I I think it also ties. Because I don't think he'd get kicked away. No, he would. If he refused it, he wouldn't. But it it does. I I it's, it it ties into a bit of the idea of the rash boon, which is you promise something that. You don't really know what you're signing up for. And, and there's a lot of rash boons because actually Bertalak, he, upon Gawain's entrance, says, all that I have is yours. Mm-hmm. Well. Well, that, I mean, and yeah. that's going to be really tested with his yeah. wife. Yeah. Because like you said, all that you have is yours. How far does that go? Yeah. Within reason, right? Yeah. No, that is, that's totally true. So I, I always thought of it as kind of a... Yeah, a bit of a, a rash boon. It is. Of, you know, see what see what you can get. But it it is certainly a game, and I like that that it's kind of mirroring what is going on in the court. And yeah. so they want to be more courtly, which they have expressed. Of like, oh, good, Gawain's here. We get to act all courtly. It's interesting to me how these rash boons always show up in these stories. And I think of the book of Esther. Mm. <laughs> right? Because Haman is... is gets these rash boons. Like, he gets... The king does stuff for him, kind of rashly. And then Esther gets stuff from the king, kind of ra- Like, the king is kind of a doofus, like, Gawain. Like, always promising stuff. Yes. Without expect so quickly. Without any, like, thought of the repercussions. You better think about what you're saying. You better think about the consequences of your actions. Oh, shut up, woman. You better think, think, think about what you're trying to do. Yeah, and again, not asking any questions of like, yeah. well, how far does that go? Yeah. And like, what do you mean? Like, there's a lot of things where this story opens things up to like, well, what if it had happened the other way and not the way you had written it? Yeah. Which the way you you wrote it is plausible, but what if it hadn't gone that way? Yeah. Everything would have fallen apart. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be good. Right? It's kind of testing those boundaries for sure with those. But I like your interpretation on that. And then what we we have like this big middle chunk. I guess it's more it's it's, it's the middle chunk chiastically, it's not yeah. page count wise. Well that's the way it crumbles, cookie wise. Yeah. But we have this long chunk where Bertilac goes out early in the morning and he goes hunting mm-hmm. with all his, his guys. Yeah. You hello Oh, yes, definitely. A view, hello. View, hello? Faith in Megara, tis him red courts again. View, hello! Gawain does not go with him. Gawain no. stays in bed. He's almost told to stay, though. He is. And I wonder if it's partly because of, like, oh, rest up because you have your yeah. green chapel thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. three days, like, you know. Want to be all for wedding to plan, a war to start, <laughs> and Gilder to blame for it. 
Get I, some rest. <laughs> if you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. Are you coming down into the pit? Wesley's got his strength back. I'm starting him on the machine tonight. Tyrone, you know how much I love watching you work. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. Get some rest. If you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. That uh, Gawain, uh, that the Lady Bertilac breaks into his room and tries to seduce him. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, not, it's told where it's intertwined, where it's like, it starts, Bertilac goes out for the hunt, the lady comes in. Yeah. The guy's closing in on the animal, the lady's talking to Gawain, he kills the animal, the conversation with Gawain and the lady come to a head. Yeah. So, so what do you think we get from the author uh, interweaving, intertwining these aspects of the story? Well, it's definitely a complexity and a juxtaposition thing, right? Because, you know, Bertilac is out there early, and Gawain is sleeping in bed late, late, and he's lazy. He's said to be lazy. And, and some of it is like, you know, after that first morning, if you really wanted to avoid this, maybe you should just gotten up out of bed. And uh, it would have eschewed the whole issue. I see it as a dual hunt that we're to make the connection between Bertilac hunting the deer, the boar, the fox with the lady hunting Gawain. Because mm-hmm. I I think Gawain in that situation is the prey animal. Yeah. In that uh, there's, there's even some comparisons you can make. Because mm-hmm. the first day Burlak goes out and gets a deer, well, a deer is known for uh, in medieval um, allegory. Yeah, would be shy and innocent, like it's the symbol yeah. of that. And uh, the lady all acts very shy and innocent, and is very playful. The first one's pretty funny, and Gawain yeah. kind of like is jocular and, and kind of like, you know, not inappropriate. Yeah. But he's like, oh, we're playing this as kind of cheeky banter. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Nobody means anything. Yeah. Although by the end, she gets kind of pissed. And then there's like, okay, I'll give you a kiss. Yeah. And then the second day is the two kisses. And the lady's much more aggressive. Mm-hmm. She's pretty, pretty bold. And that's when Bertilac is hunting the boar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, maybe the lady is, is the lady, like, it's weird. Because, like, the lady's acting like the animal that Bertilac is getting. And yeah, I feel like Gawain's the hunted one because she's going in there. Yeah, and trying well, to get Gawain's something. Gawain's definitely him. The, t- the 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 hunted one. Yeah, because he uh, he doesn't instigate any of this. Right, and yet she's acting like a boar, like she's being aggressive and dangerous. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, and so they and he ends up giving her two kisses, and then the last day is Burlak goes and he he catches a fox. Which is known for cleverness. It's also a varmint. Is the first two beasts were considered noble, mm-hmm. and then the last one's not. And I, I kind of wonder why. Well, one thing is also the the juxtaposition, though, a little bit that Sir Gawain um, gets more and more each day, and Bertilac gets less and less each day. Mm. And I'm not sure exactly why. Like, what do you mean less and less? Because like the the deer. There's so many deer. They're 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 keeping the male. They're not even hunting the male. It's just the does, and they got they're super fat. They got two fingers of fat on them, and they got a bunch of the does. They only get one boar after a lot of struggle. Like right. he it rips a, he yeah. rips apart the dogs and some of the men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the fox is extremely frustrating. They chase all day, and all they do is and all they get you get a, is a varmint. Like yeah. all you get is a fox. Yeah. Uh, because Bertilak does apologize. He says like, "Oh, I'm sorry. It's just a fox." Yeah. Yeah, okay. And the lady's acting with very, like, she's being very clever and very tricky. Like, the whole, mm-hmm. like, gift thing of, like, you have to take a gift. And then Gawain's like, no, I can't take a gift. She's like, here, take this ring. He's like, no, I can't take it. Well, if you can't take that, then you should take this sash. And he's like, no, I shouldn't. She's like, well, you shouldn't feel bad because it was really cheap. And he's like, well, I don't think I really can. He's like, well, by the way, it's magic. Yeah. And he's like, hmm. Do you believe in magic? Let me rethink it. I think it's okay if I take magic. 
Like yeah. the rules are different if I take something magical. Well, if it's magical, can you say that I'm really taking it, or does mm. it take me? And no, like, I know it's true. What is the possessive here? And <laughs> yeah, but like she's pretty sneaky, and then all of a sudden, like Godwin, and then she's like, "Okay, you got to promise me that you won't give this to Birdlock. You won't yeah. tell anyone." And he's like, "Yep." Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. I, I just promised to 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 give him everything. Yeah, and and so that's the that that was the thing. Like you have to evenly trade off, and and now he's like, oh, I don't want to because Lady Burlack says, well, this is what will protect you. This will keep mm-hmm. you safe from the beheading because mm-hmm. it's magic, but you have to keep it a secret. Why does that secret seem to trump the 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 bond the- with the Lord? I think because he wants to, uh, he wants to have, he he wants things to go all right with the 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 Green Knight and at the Green Chapel that he doesn't die. Do you, you know, think- we always talk about that the subtext and everything that's going on below the surface. But sometimes, you know, like what's what's that that's just there on the surface? Maybe you can clarify something for me. Since I've been, you know, waiting for the fleet to show up, I've read a lot. And- really. And one of the things that keeps cropping up is this about subtext. Plays, novels, songs, they all have a subtext, which I take to mean a hidden message or import of some kind. So subtext, we know. But what do you call the message or meaning that's right there on the surface, completely open and obvious? They never talk about that. What do you call what's above the subtext? The text. Okay, that's right, but they never talk about that. Do you think that he's being dishonorable, or is he just doing the best he can with difficult circumstances? I don't think he's doing the very best he could. Yeah. I think he's showing some weakness. Yeah. But I don't think I don't this think whole he... story works on hindsight because, like hindsight, if he had just told Birdlack, then he would have. Yeah. Won. Exactly. But he didn't know that Birdlack was the Green Knight, so how could he know? That this was all a test, but I guess everything is a test. Honesty, but again, it's that honesty is the best policy. But again, it's that he doesn't stick with, like he doesn't have a hierarchy of of values. Yeah, because he makes this promise with the guy, Burlak, and then he instantly makes this promise with the woman that counter like go opposes yeah. his former promise, and I'm like, dude. You can't do that. You can't do that because you're going against your word that you made earlier. But that's his whole thing is that he's going to, like, he can't hold all of his values up in the air at once. Like, yeah. He, they end up opposing each other instead it. of uh, building each other. And I think that's maybe the, pro- like, the, 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 uh, what the author is trying to get at in, in some levels of saying, like, they're competing against each other. Like, they sound on the surface like they should all work together, but are they actually? Yeah, and what happens when you take things too far? Mm-hmm. What, what, what happens then? Like, too far in what way? So it's it's his, his, his courtly courtesy that gets him into deep with this lady, this yes. floozy, they, <laughs> because he doesn't dare kick her out of his room. Mm-hmm. That's brought up a lot of questions, though, because we do know that Bertilac is the one that set the lady up on doing this. Yeah. Is that, what does the lady think of any of this? Like, women aren't allowed to think. Ah, that explains it. (laughs) No, like, is she totally in cahoots with Burlack? Like, yep, we should totally do this. Um, and then like, is like, why is Burlack okay with sending his wife in to do this? Like, what if Gawain had actually like, totally, Succumbed? Succumbed? Flubbed up, I was going to say. <laughs> With a bad boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, so all these questions with her is like, okay, she knew. But like, then again, like, are they assuming that Gawain won't? And so it's okay to do it. But then it doesn't always seem obvious that Gawain won't. Does that make sense? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what? I don't know if that's being clear. I feel like you're asking the wrong questions. Oh, okay. Because I feel like that 
the the author isn't concerned with those questions at all. Mm-hmm. He's just like, this is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the law of the castle then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, don't think just... he cares. I don't think those are questions that he... If mm-hmm. he those are Maybe those are modern reader problems. Mm-hmm. One, because we, we always think that... Well, it didn't bother me. I just was, when I was studying up on it, people, yeah. she said, like, oh, a lot of students ask, like, okay, what's the free will of the lady? And I'm like, well, it's a magical castle. Like, Morgan is doing yeah. stuff. And, like, that's, the test is, is like, and the game, the courtly game. And that's another thing you miss. Like, the women get involved a lot in these courtly games. In, in Instigators. King yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all part of the game. But I feel it's, it's also kind of weird that, like, it's all a game to everyone. It's a game to Arthur. It's a game to Burlak. But it doesn't seem to be a game... To Gawain. To Gawain. Does it? Well, that's why he's not laughing at the end. He's not laughing at the end. And it, it, it just makes you wonder, why why does Gawain not see it as a... Like, what is he seeing it as? Like, is he seeing it as a high moral test? Is he seeing it as... He's not... Like, what is he... Like, as... I don't know. Like, a testing of his virtue? Is he seeing it as a game? Because if he saw it, though, as a high testing of his virtue, I think he would be more wary and he would have played things differently. But would he... Because he's an over-the-top kind of character. Like, it, the know, way his speech is... but he seems is... oblivious of what's going on. He just is kind of like, oh, this must be normal. Let me do the best I can instead of like, oh, they're probably messing with me. Of like, mm-hmm. there's some characters that are like, notice like, oh, I bet you you're testing me, so I'm going to do this, this, and this, because I know you're laying a trap for me. But he doesn't seem to see it at all. No, he's he's much too gullible and naive. He does seem naive. But, like, if everything's, if everyone's seen it as a game, but Gawain is not, does that condemn the people thinking it's a game? Or does that condemn Gawain? Because he's right. not smart enough to realize when something's a game and when something's real. Yeah, so does he think, so he just lives, as, he thinks everything is real. Yeah, and then because he thinks everything is real, then he starts putting all values on an equal plane. Right, which seems to be the issue. He's putting everything on an equal plane. But maybe that's why he was able to break covenant with uh, Bertilak, because he was like, well, that's just a game, and I am actually want to live seeing the Green Knight. Okay, so maybe that... Okay, that, that would work, where he's like, okay, well, that trumps. I'm just getting a dead animal. Yeah. My life trumps... Again, like, the dead animal, I want to live. I don't want to be the dead animal. Yeah. I don't want to be a pie. Okay, so what you're saying, I really like what you're saying, because it makes a lot of sense to me, that he views what Bertilak has him doing as a courtly game. Yeah. But then he's thinking, okay, my life is not a game. Yeah. I'm drawing the line here of I'm going to do anything and everything in my power to make sure that I live. Yes. I think so. But I do think he does try to stay chaste within the confines of of the courtly ex- always heeding the, the, the lady of the... He does. The, the, he does the, remain... The, yeah. Yeah. He does remain chaste. But but the the issue is that he breaks his promise. Mm-hmm. At least that's And what... how, how big a deal is that? Because really... The Green Knight just ends up laughing at him, well, and the, yes. the and the round table ends up laughing at him. And then the question is: Is the laughter showing the decadence of the court, or is it actually just true that that's probably the right amount of scolding that he deserves for that? So let's hold that in our minds. Hold it. Hold it carefully. Carefully, and let's talk about when he leaves mm-hmm. and to go to the Green Chapel. And he confronts the Green Knight. There's that question again, like in in um, they have segment numbers. I don't know what the technical term of like each verse stanza stanza stanza. Anyways, through eighty five, eighty six, uh, Gawain says that he will trust in God's protection. Mm-hmm. But since he has the sash, is that true? And does he believe in the magic? 
or is he only hoping that it'll work? Because when the Green Knight goes to strike his neck, he flinches. But if he had the green, the magical green sash, why would he flinch? Or if he trusts in God, why would he flinch? Yeah, that as well. Maybe it's because he's human. Well, I, I will say like that that does raise Gawain to be much more human than a lot of uh, stories of, of this time. Yeah, he is scared. Yeah. And he's I mean, not a coward he's, because no, he's, he he's has the opportunity there. to yep. he has the opportunity to not go yeah. to like to, to run yeah, away. He's tested again. He's tested endlessly. Mm-hmm. And so the the servant says, "Hey, like if you run away, I won't tell anybody." And Gawain's like, "No, no, 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 la 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 la. I can't hear you." <laughs> he's like, "But no way. even there, he's almost he's really." He's so polite. He doesn't even take offense at that. Mm. He's just like, oh, I bet I know you would keep your secret and it would be safe, but I cannot do that. Yes. I was like, it's like, I know you're an honorable liar, but I can't make you lie. Yeah. (laughs) I know you're an honorable liar. I like that. I aspire to be an honorable liar someday. So what do you think, though? Like, do you think that, like, is he raising it in fear? Like, as as someone who chronically flinches, I flinched so bad one time in a gas station. I was looking down and I was walking out the door and then I looked up and there was a guy there and I flinched so bad, even though he was like three steps away. And I just I just hadn't noticed him because I was lost in thought. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I'm fine. But like, I like. Like, like jumped vi- back. Oh, basically, like I visit, and he looked at me like, "What is your problem?" He probably freaked him out because he probably, probably wasn't t- paying attention to you <laughs> at all. I'm like, <laughs> I just like spasm. <laughs> it's terrible. Anyway, so I like I flinch for everything, <laughs> even if I'm a big brave ghoul. I want to, you know, be honorable, chivalrous. I mean, I think him flinching is is literally because he is human. Yeah. And the challenge of death is, is it's all fine to have your magic or even your professed faith, but you have a certain amount of weakness in you too. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think it also like gives a certain amount of value to when he is brave and honorable, gallant, mm-hmm. chivalric, and, and all the rest, right? Because he's a real person doing those things. Yeah, I would say so. Bertilax wings, right? And then because Gawain flinches, he's like, oh, that, that didn't count. Right. And then the second swing is that he feigns and, and misses. Yep. Uh, but at least Gawain stays still this time. And the third time, which, again, three. There were three tests, right? Three days. So, yep. And there's so three this strokes. Three strokes. Uh, just nicks the neck and causes him to bleed. And then we get this whole long explanation that we've been tying into the whole time. But this long explanation of like, hey, I'm not actually a green knight. I'm Lord Bertilac, whose castle you've been staying at. And that first blow was just for fun and keeping the game that we set at King Arthur's court. And I wouldn't have swung, but you didn't give me the green band. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of raises the question then all of a sudden, well, was the contest over then? After the first swing? After the first swing. But he was supposed to stand still. That is true. But Bertilak says that was what the first swing was for. Right. But he could continue the game onward because... yeah. It's now become quite a involved but it, ordeal. But could you say then, like, Gawain goes up and beyond the game, though? Kind of, but he wasn't supposed to flinch. Like, the green man didn't Th- flinch. He didn't flinch at all. No. So it makes sense that there'd be another one. But maybe the green man is, is saying in retrospect, it makes sense that there's three. Because, like, I mean, he, he, and he flinches from the one that's for the game. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. So, again, is that tying into that Gawain doesn't know how to play the games? A little bit. He's not very good at playing the games. What the games people play now. Every night and every day now. Never 
never meaning what they say now They're never saying what they mean While they while away the hours In their ivory towers Till they're covered up with flowers In the back of a black limousine Whoa, la da And to my mind. Right. Because then if he flinched with the one that was the game, and then he didn't flinch for the ones that were kind of real life. Yeah. What does that say about the games and going? Yeah. What, what is a game, though? Because, like, I mean, that is a little bit the question of the story, because everything's a test. Mm-hmm. The game and, and the games around the game. Mm-hmm. They're all tests. Like every the the whole thing is a test, whether it's a game or not. Talking about you and me and the games people play now. And maybe that's that's the takeaway for us. You know, we we always are living a life where we're tested, and I I feel like there's responses to tests. People, um, I always think of the TV show House. It's like I don't want this life to just just be a test. I was like, well, testing isn't by itself bad. It's not a negative thing per se. Mm-hmm. It, tests aren't meaningless. In fact, tests are meaningful. Right. Right. Because every time you're, what what well, is I what think, is a test? A well, test think, is a, a a a challenge. I think Gawain from this test gets something of extraordinary value to him. And then the question is, does the court as well? Uh, again, we're teasing the end. Because I want to talk more about Bertilac because he's the best. Mm-hmm. But Bertilac at the end seems so relieved, like not relieved, but like so cheerful. Oh, yeah. He is so jolly. Hey, jolly green giant. What's new besides ho, ho, ho? Would you believe a rowboat with three leaky worms? You know what? I always think the green, like Bertilac, is like he's like what Dickens wanted the ghost of Christmas, Christmas present, present to, to be. be. Yeah, but like Bertilac just pops off the page. And that Verlek says, I, I planned this whole thing to test you, and you are impressive. Yeah. And that the only thing you did wrong was not giving me the sash. That was it. You did everything great. But he says, you know, that's really understandable. Don't be upset about it because you just love your life. Like, you just wanted to live. And that's yeah. understandable, so don't be upset about it. Now, Verlek didn't actually instigate the whole thing, right? Right. The very beginning, him going to the... Uh, Arthur's court is is instigated by Morgan Le Fay. Yes. Which is a half-sister of Arthur. Doesn't really like him. No. She's always trying to kick him out. Do some, 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 something uh, nefarious. Is that the right word? Yep. And, and then we're told that this whole contest was arranged by her, that her magic makes him into the Green Knight, and that she made him go to King Arthur's court. And the reason why is because she wanted to scare Guinevere to death. And you kind of have a moment where King Arthur, just after the beheading, turns to Guinevere and says, don't worry, dear, this sort of thing is bound to happen around here. <laughs> you know, just, just to get used to this. So it doesn't work. Guinevere is very much alive. But we're not even really told why she wanted to scare her to death. Or are we? Oh, I thought it was Gawain being killed would scare her to death. No, I thought it was the the, the challenge. Oh. Is there some kind of, like, tension between Morgan Le Fay and, and Guinevere? I don't know. Like, what are the... I don't know that much. I haven't really read that much about Morgan, sometimes called Morgana. Besides that, she usually is the one trying to kick Arthur out. Hmm. That she does have magic... In some stories, she uses it against Merlin, and that she's she's just trying to, yeah, get rid of Arthur. So, but it, it doesn't seem to really make a whole lot of sense here, like, why she's doing this. But, uh, 
And that's just take it. Just take it that she is. Well, the thing is, is too like the question then is like why continue the contest if it didn't work? Right. If she didn't die, then you could just be like, ah, it didn't work. All bets are off. But I guess you have to maintain the game. Yeah. I think I think that is the argument. You do have to maintain the game. Yeah. Like once you have said this is the once the game is in motion. I feel like that's rollerball well, or something. Once like that. things have been set in motion, they cannot be stopped. Yes, exactly. But Gawain, even though Bertilak tries to make him feel better, Gawain does not. No. He feels very upset about it. And he makes this uh promise that another rash promise. Another rash promise he does, doesn't he? Although I think this one he keeps. Yeah. Uh, but he makes yet another promise of, I will wear this sash as an everlasting reminder of my shame. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I from, from this day forward, I shall not be proud. I shall know of my failure here. And then he rides off and then Burlock's like, hey, why don't you spend the new year with us? We really like you. Now mm-hmm. that this game is over, why don't you just hang out? But Gawain says, no, I have to leave henceforth and tell my I mean I think there's a penitence or like a like confessing my sins to the mm-hmm. court aspect of it and so he goes and if there is that penitence idea like is he it's like he gets absolution but that he doesn't really want it like could yeah. you look at it as like an absolution thing of like they laugh it off and say all is forgiven yeah, or... The ending gets sticky. <laughs> but, okay, let's like, run that theme first. With him getting absolution? Yeah. And he doesn't want it. But then, the, as the I, I guess the question I would ask is, like, if he's looking for absolution, isn't he going to the wrong spot to get it? I think he had absolution from the Green Knight. And Green Knight this, the yeah. Green Knight is kind of like, come, let's be friends. You did well. Yeah. It was a difficult test. You did well. Yeah. And so he doesn't really accept that absolution. So it's a, almost a little bit of a flagration. And he wants to be a little bit of, of, of the martyr. Or he at least he acts a little bit of the martyr. Or the, the suffering. I don't know. Because like, like you read the end here of 100. The notch in his neck naked he showed them. That he had for his dishonesty from the hands of the knight in blame. It was torment, to tell the truth. In his face the blood did flame. He groaned for grief and ruth when he showed it to his shame. I, I don't know. Like I, I can like feel like how hot his face was. Like how like embarrassed and... Well, he, broken about it. I don't know if there's... He's truly, he's truly embarrassed by it. Now the question is whether he should be. Yeah. It's a little bit. It's again, he had he has these strong emotions. He's an emotional character who isn't able to really regulate. Everything is upon an equal plane for him as a character. He still kind of has that even towards the end. Now this failing is is among the highest fa- like he yeah, it's a little bit of like because what he does is he 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 ends up listing a long list of of sins. Right, because he's he at the end he's like, not only did I, okay, I, so let's I, let's I, read it, let's okay. read it. Okay, so he this is Gawain, lo, Lord, he said at last, and the lace handled. This is the band, for this a rebuke I bear in my neck. This is the grief and disgrace I have got for myself, from the covetousness and cowardice that o'ercame me there. So he's talking about. Mm-hmm. The, the band. The band! I want the band! The band? The band? The band? The band! The um, girdle. And so it was covetousness. So I guess covetousness of life. Yep. And cowardice. He flinched. Right? This is the token of the troth breach that I am detected in. Okay, so he broke his promise. Yep. That's what he said, Mitty. And needs must I wear it while in the world I remain. For a man may cover his blemish, but unbind it he cannot. For where once tis applied, thence part will it never. 
And then it goes on, the king's reaction. The king comforted the knight, and all the court also laughed loudly thereat. And this law made in mirth the lords and the ladies that whoso belonged to the table. Every knight of the brotherhood a baldric should have, a band of bright green obliquely around him, and this for love of that knight as a livery should wear. For that was reckoned the distinction of the round table, and honor was his that had it evermore after. As it is written in the best of the books of romance, thus in Arthur his days happened this marvel, as the book of the brute beareth us witness, since Brutus, the bold knight to Britain, came first after the siege and the assault had ceased at Troy. Okay, so I don't think he goes on and on about what he did wrong. You think it's legit? I think it's legit. Because he says, I brought myself grief and disgrace. Yep. Because I was covetous and I had cowardice. This is the token of the promise I broke. And you can cover a blemish, but you can't unbind what has happened. What's done? Cannot be undone. And so it will be showing there forever. And so I guess I, I'll say like what I think is the genius of this work is the ambiguity. Yeah. And it's not even, I don't think necessarily it's you have your interpretation, I have mine. I think it can be uh that it's it's murky <laughs> that it's kind of both yeah if that makes sense like i don't it's think it's both without being a both and kind of thing it's mm -hmm. it's um because it's ambiguous it's a little bit like reading sometimes the the poetry of frost where you're not sure whose side he's on yes you're not sure what you're the author's just, opinion you, is of what he's written he's just and, kind of presented like, with it and like frost it's very straightforward. Like, the plot is so easy to follow yeah. in this. Like, you yeah. know what is going on. Yeah. Like, I think that's a the, the, te the text is clear. <laughs> but what about the subtext? Yeah. Maybe you can clarify something for me. Since I've been, you know, waiting for the fleet to show up, I've read a lot. And, really? And one of the things that keeps cropping up is this about subtext. Plays, novels, songs, they all have a subtext, which I take to mean a hidden message or import of some kind. So subtext, we know. But what do you call the message or meaning that's right there on the surface, completely open and obvious? They never talk about that. What do you call what's above the subtext? The text. Okay, that's right, but they never talk about that. I know people talk about it, but come on. What is the subtext? But it's weird to me... So I, I do lean towards there's something wrong in the state of Denmark. Something's rotten. Yes, something is rotten in Camelot. That they wear it as a badge of honor. Let's see, where did they say that line? For that, okay, so they want to all wear the bright green. For that was reckoned the distinction of the round table. And honor was his that had it evermore. But it's a symbol of, to Gawain... His shortcomings. His shortcomings. He's like, let me be reminded not to be, break my promises, not to be a coward, not, not to, to covet, prideful. not to be prideful. All of the... Like, he, and I think that's valid. Like, okay, he's like, okay, I will wear this as a, as a physical reminder mm -hmm. and that I may go the rest of my days a better man. But then they all laugh and say, yeah, we want to wear it too. And it's a great honor now to be a knight in Arthur's court with the green badge. Yeah. The, the problem is, is there's so many things like, what does the laughter signify? Yeah. And what, what does it mean to wear it? And like, did they all think that? And did some wear it for good purposes? And, and like, are they joyful? Like, are they laughing out of joy that the suffering of Gawain has brought them the, this gift around Christmas mm -hmm. time of what the real meaning of Christmas is, Charlie Brown. No. <laughs> uh, 
but okay uh that they're that they're like okay so we were not brave enough to even go up against the green knight we weren't brave enough to go out and search him out and Gawain was, and we will wear a reminder of how good he was, like how far he went, but also that, I mean, they don't, as, I, as me reading into it, they say it's a reminder not to be prideful, because that's not in there. Right. Because they're saying, oh, it's a great honor to wear this. Yeah, but, and that's the thing too, is it the honor that they're like Gawain in that they're they're weak or is it an honor that they're like Gawain that they can realize their mistakes right because like there's that too like that, is, that, yeah. that that is a good hallmark of his personality to realize his his weaknesses mm-hmm. and is and are they laughing for the fact that like you said that they were shown that they too could have those weaknesses or are they laughing because they think he's kind of silly and taking these games too serious? Right. That's that could be, and then like they're trying to make him feel better, like oh, we'll all wear it. Yeah. Because it wasn't supposed to be that serious, yeah. anyways. We'll yeah. just wear a green band. But that everybody does it. I don't know. It's uh. It's ambiguous. Dun, 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 dun. But like, it's also like okay, it's his relationship then to community, right? Because like, it seems like. Gawain doesn't fit in anymore because he's morally more aware than everybody else. Than everybody else, and it seems like the courtiers are are more shallow. Where Gawain has learned, but then there's this coda, which is which is medieval French. It's very end. I guess I don't know if coda is the right word, but anyways, the very very end. Foot and it, it's uh, translated evil be or shame. Unto him who thinks evil of this, which is now the the official motto of the Order of the Garter. And, like, we talked about that. Order how... of the Garter? That's a knightly order that exists even to this day? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know much else about it, but, you know, throw that in there. But the, because we talked about how a lot of people would be reading, like, Court court people, courtiers, would be reading these things and they want legitimation of their own systems and codes, right? They, they want to hear that they're doing everything great. So it's this kind of like putting in there like, hey, don't take it too seriously. Or again, like, is it, it's hard to read into what, like, so is it saying like, don't, ju- like, we shouldn't judge going too harshly, that we shouldn't judge any of it too harshly? We shouldn't think evil of... Like, what What does that mean? <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about poetry is you don't have to get a firm answer. Yeah, and I think that it is wonderfully poetic and it's... Uh, it feels... I don't... You can disagree. It feels very modern poetry. Not that poetry, modern poetry, has to be... Uh, confusing or harder like I don't, I don't know we get this idea of like oh poetry i have to figure out what the meaning is like it i don't know what it means and i make up a meaning to it uh but there is that um where it's that quality to poetry where it's hard to explain it in any other way than poetry mm-hmm. because it's not an easy answer of like oh this is the moral this is what i think it should be like this is my opinion on my piece yeah it's not an, it's not an essay it's not an intrusive author, even though it is so obviously a, a masterful author. Yeah. And I love that. That is not an intrusive author. The more you read it, the, the, the alliterative poetry just really comes and resonates. And then yeah. And I it's, appreciate... If you read it out loud, it's so much fun. It starts to roll right mm-hmm. off your tongue. And I appreciate this translation of it by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, there are some translators that don't focus as much on the alliterations because it's quite a different language what they're translating it from and yeah. to and and so there's like okay well i want uh clarity of meaning of over the, over the alliteration yeah um not clarity of meaning in the sense of necessarily um, um plot but like what they think the author is trying to say yes uh, like what word they meant, or like what 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 would be the literal translation to yes. our word today? Yeah. Um. And so, the the problem I have with that is that 
the form is so carefully constructed and it was so meant to be alliterative. Like that was the the point. Yeah. And I think it's sad if you if you start to lose that focus. I mean, I understand why they don't, but I, I think having Tolkien's alliterative, like very alliterative uh, translation of it is masterful. Oh, it's a gorgeous thing to read. And, and yeah, hopefully you guys do read it because that's, yes. that's the only way you're going to understand some of the things that we're talking about. Because it's one thing for us to say like, oh, it's it's ambiguous, but it's it's really not clear I think this is why the poem actually almost went extinct. Mm-hmm. Because I think people like things with clear morals. Yeah, and, and be... this is full of puzzles and conundrums, and none of them resolve super cleanly. No. And clearly. Not, not cleanly at all. Besides, Morgan Le Fay is probably not a somebody you want to mess with. <laughs> yeah. I don't want her against me, but I also no. don't want to be her... I just want to stay clear of that woman. And I think it... it, it gives a very realistic view of the world. Like the poet is presenting a, a beautiful but flawed world where there's yes. good and bad and they're always mixed in together simultaneously, yes. like in the same moment. And You can't separate the two. Yeah. You can't have one. You can't have none. You can't have one without the other. And there's this world of bliss and blunder, rack and wonder. Like it, 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 it's a... Uh, you know, they're taking cycles, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I think that ambiguity adds to the realism of it. it. It's a very real book. It's a it's a fairy tale that has real human characters. Yeah, so it's that high tale, tall tale yeah. feel of it that, that hooks you. And yet it's something because of it, the way it's presented and it's... it's uh, hanging ideas that you're just left thinking about it more. And I think that's why people want to read it all the time. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's the one thing. Why we care about this piece so many, you know, hundreds of years later. That we can still be like, well, what, what would have happened? Like, how would he have given, you know, prizes to, uh, uh, the, 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 the green knight. If, you know, he had slept with the lady, like what, what would, like yeah, what? people have certainly asked questions like that. It's like, yeah. what would have happened then? Yeah, and it's it it brings up really weird questions of like, why? Like, what would happen if this? And also, is that the same you kissing the another man with as much sweetness as possible? Is that is that giving him the spoil? Like, I mean, it's yeah. as close as he could get. I mean, yeah. like he didn't give the whole deer; he chopped it up. Like, yeah, I suppose so. But at the same time, the deer is actually, like, a deer. And also, like, does lunch then not count? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I I think there's definitely a critique on King Arthur's court while also saying it's not all bad. Like, it is... I I don't see that there's... I think it's kind of saying, like, that's the way the world is. But maybe that's just a blasé answer. Like, I lean towards there's decadence in the court and there's something wrong. Yeah, but there's probably always something wrong. I don't think I don't think that that's... I think maybe the cautionary note of the tale is that personal morals do matter, right? Because, and also having things aligned on a... a you need to have... I think it's a little bit of a theological discourse. It's like, if you don't have the truth of, of God's word first and foremost in your mind, then everything else kind of gets muddied and you don't have yes. any clarity of purpose. Yes. And he right? he is muddled in morals. Yeah. Yeah. Gawain is neck high, huh? Yeah. In morals. Like he's got all the he's got he's got a pentangle of morals. Yeah, he's got all these He's got all these rules and all these ideals. But they don't actually guide him through life. Yeah. They almost put him in an endless knot. Ah Clever, clever. There's a there's a way to read it where he now has a guide. The green sash is now has put his morals in perspective. Like he yeah. now can like has a visual reminder of like, okay, this is 
how you live your life. And again, the green sash is all about living your life. Because she says, oh, this will help you live your life. Like, this will protect you. Yeah. And so maybe in a way it does protect him in the end. From future bad mistakes. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. all about the green sash becomes about life then. It does. And then... For, for going. Yeah. And then who really cares about what the court thinks of it? Yeah, I don't think going can care about him. We're, like, we just drop off. Like, after he confesses, he doesn't. we don't have anything else of, about him. Nope. I kind of like that idea. I just came up with that, of how the the green sash or, or girdle, whatever you want to call it, maybe that's helping him live. Maybe it, you know. We, like, need, we need a sequel. <laughs> the green girdle. Uh yeah, but like, I think it helped him in the end, like, and he he got to keep it. Like, there's there's that interesting, like that has helped him now. Yeah. Maybe. I think it. I don't know. I think so. I think there's. I think he's. Going. I think he's a, a wiser, though think, sadder man. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he is wiser in the end. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, y'all go out and explore. Explore Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. We like the Tolkien translation, but uh, go go try some others. Sure, there's a college bookstore somewhere that is selling a used copy. Oh, yeah, and you can get, like, PDFs online and stuff like that. Okay. There's readings of it on YouTube, and, you know, Wonderful. it's pretty accessible. People, this is, this is like, people love the story, and it's we a great do, too. Story. It's a great story, and there's always a lot to talk about, and I think it would be fun for other people to get a couple people to read it, and you can, you, you, you too can, can have a two-hour conversation. Exactly. <laughs> of, uh, what does it all mean? And still be not confused. And, it, and that's the wonderful thing. It's not confusing. Yeah. But you just, yeah, it's not confusing. It's, it's just that subtext. Yeah, it's just that subtext there, man. <laughs> uh... I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know what I have green in the shop. I have some towels that are green. You probably have a sash that looks kind of green. Don't you have a silk scarf that's green? I might. Definitely have something blue. Okay. But the silk sash, little, 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 silk scarves yeah. would be very much like your, that, your the, girdle. You've your... made one that I'd like, I'm actually picturing in my mind as the Oh, that one's sold. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. That like emeraldy green one? With the blue? Yeah. Yeah, that one's sold. That one was wild. Wild. It looked good. like we, we dunked the silk in the ocean and, and, and it printed seaweed and ocean stuff on it. It was good. It was so cool. But we have other cool stuff. We have towels that are green. We have cotton knot bags that are green. Uh, we have things that are not green. <laughs> in case you don't want to be part of the wrong table or something Or like reminded that. of uh, how you have dishonored yourself. Yes. Or, yeah, like you said, you don't want to be part of the decadence of, of the court. Even though life is a test, that's also a game. We should have fun or something like that. So now the test is for you to find Ducks Never Waver oh. on Etsy yes. and purchase something. That's yes. the true test that's of that's life. That's the true test of this life. This is no game. This is for real. <laughs> We're playing for keeps. Yes. We keeps the well, money. It's, it's, you keeps well, the scarf. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of like you swap, right? Like Yeah, it is a swap. It, it is, is a swap. A, yeah. Like, you know... Your hard fortune. Yeah, I'm is like our I'm like Bertilac, and you come with the cash. Yeah. And then I give you. And the then venison. I, yeah, I always like how Bertilac was kind of like, really? That's all you got today? Yeah. I came here with this whole deer. Several you, deer. You got one kiss for me. <laughs> but it's okay. I'll put up with it. I'll still yeah. give you the nice stuff. Yeah, which so. we're gonna eat at my table anyway, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. No, I was talking about. The Etsy stuff, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll give the nice stuff to them, too. Good for you. Yeah. So, uh, you'll find that link in the description. Yeah. Does anybody read the description? The doobly-doo? The doobly-doo. Sometimes I actually work hard on the doobly-doo, and I crack myself up. I, I enjoy them. They're kind of nuts. Yeah. Unhinged. I've had somebody ask me, I was like, so, like, I, I looked and saw a bunch of words I didn't know, so I just kind of kept scrolling. Two ones where he found words that he knew? No. Oh. It just in life. I just want to expand my mind. I need to exp broaden my vocabulary, and that's my opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that I can eventually be smart like the author of Sir Gawain. That's right. Yeah. The goal. Goal in life, right? We can all have that goal. Yeah. Thanks. Something. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's what we're here for. Is yeah. for goals and adventures yes. and happiness. I love adventures and happiness yes. and fun. Yeah. And like maybe games that don't mean anything like Parcheesi. Parcheesi? I have never played Parcheesi, but I'm sure it, you have. Have I? I think you have. It's a really simple game. It's basically you like go around the board. It's like um Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. It's just so fun to say like Parcheesi. Yeah. So, so quintessential silly game. Yeah. It's like, oh. It's Guys, so, it's just part cheesy. It's so cheesy. <laughs> so cheesy, part cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> and with that... All right. Stay quacky. quacky.